Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our podcast offers friendly conversations with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by Learn Behavioral and the Learn Provider Network. Now here's your host, Richie Plush. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to All Autism Talk, a podcast brought to you by Learn Behavioral Network, a leading provider in ABA services across the country. I'm your host, Richie Plush, and I'm excited this week to sit down again with Katherine Johnson. Katherine, thank you so much for being here. We're, uh, we're going to be checking in with some families about um, – we're going to be talking to some families and sharing with families about some really valuable stuff going on right now with all this COVID-19 and coronavirus stuff. And um, it's nice to hear your perspective, and it's nice to have you share this, uh, your thoughts with us today. It's good to be here. So how – your family's okay? Every, everyone's still healthy? Last time we talked, everybody was good. Everyone is good. Everyone is, we're just feeling grateful to be able to be together during this time and getting a little bit of outside time here and there. And um, we sort of like, I think are are hitting a little bit more of a rhythm. How about you? How are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're mostly good too. Everyone's healthy. Thank goodness. The one thing that we're struggling with a little bit is that this is sort of becoming our new normal. And it's, um, we're kind of, at first it was, oh, this is going to be a couple of weeks, we can make it, you know, we've got plenty of stuff in the freezer, we're we're not going to worry about going out, like, it'll be good, we'll have some good family time and stay home a little bit. But now we're kind of settling into a, a little bit of a, we've been doing this for two weeks, what's the next couple of weeks going to look like? So just kind of thinking a little bit more long term about that from us on our end. I know, you know, that first week felt, didn't each day feel like it took, it was like 100 hours long? <laughs> right. And now the days yeah. are going by quicker, but there's so many days stretched out in front of us. Right, right. You know, I've noticed um I, I've noticed that like myself and my kids are both relying more on on tablets and T V and videos and things mm-hmm. like that. Can you share with us a little bit your thoughts about or not just your thoughts, but a little bit of what you've researched recently about um, you know, TV time and, and screen time really as a whole? Well, this is something that I think, you know, as a mom, I talk about with my mom friends all the time. I mean, you know, before all of this uh, national health emergency um, came about, it, it's, it's always been a topic of conversation, you know, and the American Academy of Pediatrics um, has guidelines for parents and, you know, they recommend that we limit children's screen time. They recommend no screen time for children until they're 18 months. And then, you know, from ages like two to five, they say to limit screen time to an hour a day and to watch quality programming. And for ages six and up, they say just, you know, limit limit media use and device type and make sure that whatever you're doing, it doesn't interfere with their sleep and their physical activity. So some pretty, you know, some pretty specific guidelines here. And I think, um, some families, I mean, I, my kids went to a preschool where they were not even actually allowed to discuss media at all. Most of the families, wow. most of the kids actually, yeah, at that point in time, we didn't have a television. Um, cut to today where we've got not only a television and my kids have tablets and my husband and I have smartphones and we just got an Xbox. Um, things are a little bit different for us. Um, but I think it's just always this struggle, you know, mom's moms and dads everywhere, kind of how much is too much, but you don't want your kid to be left out. 
it's just always, it's just a constant dilemma, I think. How do you guys handle it? Yeah, I, you know, for, for a long time, we had, um, we had two nights a week that we were allowed to, that we would watch TV with the kids. And it was Friday night. Friday night movie night was kind of a thing. The week is the end of the week. We, you know, dinner was done. Kids would get their, their pajamas on and I'd make a bag of popcorn and we'd kind of watch whatever movie it was, whatever Disney movie we could find. Um, and I so Friday that. night was like the night. It was great. And then, and then at some point we added in Sunday night just because it was, you know, get ready for work. It was kind of, you know, just a nice end of the weekend time. We'd all sit on the couch together. So we added those, but that was kind of where we stood for a while. And now the thing that it's, that we're trying to focus is like, if we're going to watch TV, we're trying to focus and have it be something educational. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, you know, they're, they're watching more than, than they had been. And so, you know, mm-hmm. my kids like, um, they like, you mean because like, you're home all day. Yeah. I mean, because we're home all day, but also because like, it, it's just like, you know, we live in San Diego. And so for a while it was really rainy outside. So even we were stuck in home and in home, if that makes sense. Like we couldn't, we could go and do a puddle walk. That was fun, but that can only last so long. <laughs> and so we were just inside more. Well, yeah. I have a confession. Is this a safe space? This is a safe space. I mean, just us and a few thousand of our closest friends, but otherwise it's a safe space. <laughs> Richie, I had a really, really busy day at work yesterday. I'm working from home. My kids were literally on screens from the time they woke up in the morning until they went to bed at night. They got off screen. I mean, mom of the year right here. They got off screens like for breakfast. And for dinner, lunch, I'm pretty sure they just ate right in front of the TV. It's a bad scene. <laughs> it's a bad scene. But I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm talking to, again, my mom friends and, you know, being home all day and having to, especially for working parents, um, and having to engage your kids, it's just so tough. And I think everybody's right. screen time is increasing right now. Right. But, but, like, you also have to give yourself a little bit of grace. I mean – you know, for all the families that have, you know, that are trying to work from home, give yourself a little bit of grace and say, it's all right that this happens. You know, you're not, you're not doing it every day. You're not doing it all day, every day. It was, you had a day where you had to get some stuff taken care of. I think we're all going to have those days, right? Um, Yeah. You know, you just happened to beat me to it, but I guarantee my turn is coming and it's coming soon. And I think it, (laughs) I think it actually happened for about a half day last week and we got a little bit of a taste of it, but I think everyone's going to go through that at some point in all of this and just being able to say like, you know what, that's all right. We're we're all doing the best we can. Well, thank you. And um, I I think that one of the, one of the things that maybe can help parents to feel a little bit better about, um, you know, those times when they do have to use screen time more during, um, during this time when we're all at home is if they've got some idea of maybe some kinds of screen time that are more quality programming. So for people who have kids, your kiddos ages, um, what have you found to be sort of your go-to in terms of things that you don't feel as guilty about having your kids watch? Yeah, great, do? great question. Um, I, so I grew up and I loved Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Um, I just, I loved it as a kid. And so now um, my kids like watching Daniel Tiger, which was one of the puppets they made into a cartoon and there's a whole series about it. And and the nice thing is they really talk a lot about emotional regulation. It's kind of like 
you know, once one week it'll be, um, or one episode will be, you know, when I'm feeling mad, what can I do? And they always have a song or something that goes with it. And it's like, when I'm feeling mad, what should I do? And it's like, you know, take a deep breath and count to four was one of the things they talked about. They've had some about toilet training and some other things that have just helped us and our family. And it's like, great. When our kids are starting to feel anxious, we can bring up something that we watch together. It's kind of a nice drawback into that. Um, but that's from the emotional piece from like a, from like a little bit of an educational piece. They really like watching. There's a quite a few shows on like KPBS. So, um, yeah. Word Girl is one, right? Um, Super Y is another one. They kind of, with Super Y, they go into a, a book and they like go, like it, so it tells the story of the book as it goes, but it becomes an adventure. It's, it's kind of fun to watch. What's Word Girl? I have a friend whose daughter dressed up as Word Girl for Halloween last year, but I'd never seen the show. What is it? I'm going to do a terrible job explaining it, but basically Word Girl, <laughs> um, her, her, she's a, a superhero and I believe she's, I want good, to say good. she's 10 girl or 11. Right? I love it. Yeah, girl superhero. We need more of that, yeah. Um, and she basically saves the day with the power of words. And, and so there's, nice. you know, she's got a different word each, each day. Um, How do I not but know it's, about You know, this? things that are promoting, like, things that are promoting literacy and, and just, you know, finding words mm-hmm. and reading words and hearing new words. Um, it's better mm-hmm. than them watching other, you know, SpongeBob or anything. No offense to SpongeBob. It just doesn't have the same educational mm-hmm. piece to it. What mm-hmm. about um, what about you guys? What are your kids are older than ours? What are some what are some shows and things that they're watching? Um, so my kids are seven and ten, and um, as you know, and and um, the junk food uh, screen time that they like is to watch other kids play video games on YouTube, which is horrendous. And not my favorite thing. Um, so since we've been doing um, more screen time at home during this um, during this period, we are kind of putting the kibosh on that and encouraging them to watch more educational shows. So we have um, the, a lot of the Nat Geo shows are really good, um, and also there are some PBS Kids shows that are that are appropriate even for older kids or sort of aimed at older kids and. My kids have two favorites. One is Wildcraft. Have you heard of this show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's by the same guys that did Zabumafu. Do you remember Zabumafu? <laughs> oh, my gosh. From that a was while like ago. Yep. Yeah. But this one is actually a cartoon. But it's like the two brothers that used to be in Zabumafu, and they're basically encountering wild animals. And it's for mm-hmm. kids my kids' ages. It's mostly about, like, natural history and science and you know a lot of stuff about animals so they love that and then there's another show called brain games um that is pretty amazing it's basically like it talks about cognitive science it's kind of like a popular science show for kids so it talks about like illusions and psychological experiments and counterintuitive thinking and it's very cool and if you tune in to the first season you will hear my celebrity crush, Neil Patrick Harris, um, being the narrator. <laughs> so that's a plus for me. So the two pieces of information. One, it's a great show. And two, now we know your crush. So we're going to hold on to that. <laughs> Remember that. We're going to write that down yep. somewhere. Um, I think the other thing that's good about what's, what's going on right now um, is there are a lot of shows that are interactive. 
And so, um, you know, there, there's some on, on YouTube and you can find some on Netflix or Amazon prime or wherever you stream from. But, um, we were doing uh, kids story and yoga time the other day. And it's, mm-hmm. it's about a 15 minute long. Um, we just found one on YouTube. I think it was, um, and it was about 15 minutes and she was telling the story about, you know, the fish are under the sea. And so everyone got into different yoga positions. And so like, I'm trying to do yoga with my three and five year old and, you know, and Aww. they're like trying to stand in each of the poses, but it got us a little bit of moving together, um, which is, you know, yeah. it's something that like, it's easy to sit and watch for, you know, eight hours, but this was like, you got to get up, you got to move around. And there was a story and there, you know, the story was kind of all over the place, but that, that wasn't the point of it. It was us doing something together. That's awesome. I love that. Um, you guys are also doing, um, there's some websites that you guys are going to and, and checking things out, right? Like, do you have any mm-hmm. of those that, that you've been looking at and some online resources? Oh, a million. So we've been really lucky. The school, uh, the school district that we are in, the teachers have been fantastic sending us resources. Um, and so my kids have two different online reading programs that they do. One is called Raz Kids and one is Epic. And they go on there and they can put in their grade and the types of things that they're interested in and the books will just sort of, you know, be recommended. They'll recommend whatever books are appropriate for their age and interest. And so that's really cool. And my daughter is a, a new reader, so she can actually choose books that are above her own reading level and they will read the book to her. Mm. So that's really cool. And then there's a couple of different math programs as well. Um, my son uses Prodigy for math, and my daughter uses Dreambox. Um, and then there's a resource that I actually haven't tried yet, but I'm dying to. Have you heard of Outschool? No. It's this, so it's live online classes for kids of all ages. I think it's like starts at like age three, and it's like up through high school. Very cool. They're, they're, they're not free. You've got to pay for them, but some of them are as cheap as like $5 for a class. And they have classes in every single area you could ever think of. Um, but I, I took a, a peek at that page today and uh, there's, there's things like, you know, obviously they're teaching you there's math stuff and things about like foreign languages or how to write an essay, but they also have like really crazy things like how to raise chickens and like <laughs> wild, like, anthropology classes and like all sorts of art classes and science classes. It's very cool. And I have friends who are homeschoolers who actually use out school quite a bit and, and have been really happy with them. So I'm dying to try this with my kids. And I'm waiting for you to start having a, a whole chicken coop in your backyard and that all set up. <laughs> I would totally do that. We're, the place that we live is just like way too urban. I think it's like not even allowed, but. Right. Right. I would have chickens if I could. Yeah. What, I mean, one of the other things that I think is coming out a lot is a lot of places are having, um, you know, educational streaming of sorts. So, like, the San Diego Zoo has some live feeds of animals, and they'll have live talks from the zookeepers. Um, you know, the, the Getty Museum has things. There's, there are all sorts of things. So I would definitely encourage parents um, to, to – you know, look up the local events, look up what's going on, you know, in your local resources, right? If you're, mm-hmm. if you live near a, a zoo, a museum, an art studio, an art gallery, a lot of places are posting things and posting materials. Um, 
and so definitely do that. We found one that was um, astronauts in space reading books about space. What? And, I, yeah, I, I wish I could remember the link of it, but if you just Google that, I'm sure you can find it. And my kids loved it. They, but the, the thing was sounds, they were listening to like a book. That sounds too cool to be real. <laughs> right, right. They were, they were listening to a book, and, you know, they listened to two books, I think, and it was read by an, an astronaut in space, and so he's kind of floating around in his, in his uh, space shuttle, and he was reading a book about a mouse that went to space. And so it was just nice that they were oh, getting to – Here's something that they wouldn't normally get to hear. You know, um, our library is closed. We normally go to the library uh, once a week. It just is like, let's go pick up some new books and drop off some old ones, but they're closed. So this was a way for us to get, kind of still get different books in the cycle and, and, and in our rotation, but not have it be, um, but it was really engaging because it, it just wasn't boring. It was fun to watch. I watched it. It was interesting. That sounds so awesome. Is this something you can get like on YouTube? Yeah, um, it was it was just a free link. Um, my wife just googled, she just googled it, and you know I think on any of those places, Facebook, Pinterest, um, Instagram, they have all sorts of postings about different companies that are releasing free things. Um, uh-huh. And so I I would encourage families find find some, check them out before you give your kids free reign. <clears throat> Excuse me, check them out before you give your kids free reign to make sure that it has content you want them to absorb and it's the right age level and all of those types of things. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's being put out right now um, by a lot of different agencies. One of my friends just sent me a link. Um, she's on a mailing list from, it's some kind of independent film club. And they put together a list of a bunch of different foreign films that are age, you know, age appropriate for, mm-hmm. for young kids. Um, not very young because there are subtitles. So you're watching a foreign oh, movie, great. but you're also like reading the subtitles. I thought that was an interesting idea for kids who are older and can read. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people say screen time as if it's a really bad, it kind of has this taboo attached to it. It's like, Oh, my kids had screen time. Today. It's, like, it's not, it's not all terrible. Not that I'm encouraging you know, everyone to just pop their kids in front of YouTube all day, every day. But, you know, I, there there are lots of ways to make it educational and lots of ways, I think, for people to learn from all of this. We didn't, we haven't even talked about this yet, but you just got an Xbox. <laughs> we did. <laughs> right? And, we did, we did. You know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of research about video games and how it builds problem-solving skills and mm-hmm. um, uh, perseverance skills and determination skills and really forces, you know, a whole different level of thinking that you can't, you can't necessarily get, you know, creativity skills and things like that. Um, are you at all thinking about those things as you're playing? So, I mean, I'm loving watching my son play Minecraft because he really is creating the most intricate, amazing buildings and entire world. And it's so cool to watch. I know his brain is, is really working. Um, one of the things that I found so interesting once we've, now that we've gotten the Xbox is that a lot of their social lives at this age are connected to video games. So he's got, um, you know, a microphone and headphones and he's playing with his friends from school and they're talking to each other and they are on a team together. So there's, right. there's all this social stuff going on where you've got to protect your teammates 
and you've got to, you know, you do certain things in the video game to signal that you need help or you just talk to people online. And, you know, I, I watched this whole social world, this whole intricate social world sort of unravel, you know, unfolding in front of us. And, um, and it's interesting because I, I have talked to my sisters who have much, much older kids, you know, kids who are teenagers and, um, and yeah, they, they are often talking to their friends, interacting with their friends, strengthening friendships, like, you know, learning about that, you know, being on a team and helping one another through video games, which blows my mind. Right. I mean, in some ways they've already like mastered that. the social distancing, right? They, they're, they're great. They already have <laughs> systems for communication. They're already, they're more connected in a lot of ways than, you know, I, I'm, I'm good about texting and things like that, but you know, that generation has a whole different level of communication. It's fantastic. It makes me think of though, like we, I, as parents are letting children go online, there are probably a few things they need to think about and making sure that their kids are safe and all that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What are some things you did to make sure your son is safe online and that things are set up in a way that he's in a protected environment, but still able to, access kind of mm-hmm. the universe. So we have a list of rules about internet safety um, that I gleaned from various lists on the internet. Um, going back to out school, I think they actually have a class in internet safety geared towards kids. Um, right. And we also sort of try to limit their content. Um, our kids have iPads and we have iPhones, so we can actually, they have it set up so that you can basically limit what apps you put on their device and mm. you can limit how much time they spend on each device, that kind of thing. Um, I am parenting personally an evil genius and he has gotten around all of those <laughs> controls. Um, so it's, it's sort of like constantly trying to keep up. I've heard that bark is a really good app, although we haven't tried it yet. Um, and my son has reached the age where YouTube kids, doesn't have a lot of the things that he's looking for on YouTube. Right. So right. we actually just require him to watch YouTube on the TV, which is sort of like in a main area of our house where we can all see it um, so that he's not sort of like off somewhere running across inappropriate content um, and not, not having us know about it. We would, if, if something inappropriate were to pop up, um, we would be notified immediately because we're sort of, you know, right there. Yeah, I think that's a good rule just in general, right? If if you're if you're allowing your children to be accessing those devices and those the internet as a whole, you know, kind of keep, you know, keep one eye op- one eye out and one ear open to see and hear what it is that they're doing and make sure you're checking in from time to time the internet. You know, we use Zoom a lot for um for telehealth and for teleconference and there's this okay. whole thing about Zoom bombing where people are jumping in and putting up inappropriate pictures or, you know, inappropriate uh-huh. messaging. So so even things like that, I just I encourage parents to make sure that the make sure that the parental controls are on, make sure that the safety settings are on, make sure that you're setting some sort of expectation and, and in in a lot of ways having a good boundary that you discuss ahead of time so that, you know, you're setting the expectation so it's not um you know, so that children kind of know what it is to do or not do. Mm-hmm. Are you encountering this yet with your younger kids where you need to no, be in control of that, or are you always with them when they're on the screen? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm always with them when we're on the screen or, um, you know, the only time that I'm not is, for example, if they're watching a movie and I'm in a meeting. Um, but that movie's it's up, it's on the TV, it's, um, it's in a set place. But even, you know, even uh, when I let my son play Angry Birds on my phone every now and again when, he, when we're at the grocery store or, you know, something like that. But even that, there are pop-ups in that that you can purchase things. And so I had to change the setting because, you know, I didn't realize it at first, but he, you know, he didn't know. He clicked on the button. He's just learning how to read. So he clicked on the button that said buy, not the button that said play. And the button that said buy was three ninety nine, which um, it's not a lot, but it adds up. And so I found that out with one purchase as opposed to 30. And I'm glad I did because it would have been easy. He just didn't know. Um, you know, I think sometimes okay. I, you know, I'd like to think that a lot of our, a lot of our kids are just airing on like, oh, what's this? And it's it's curiosity, not that they're trying, they're not malicious. Um, they just don't know yeah. any better. And so it was, um, so I figured that out with one. So we have the expanded, the extended version of uh, Angry Birds. I think we have the Star Wars edition or something now, which is great. It's fun. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> even just something like that is something to think about, right? Yeah, definitely. We have run across that as well with the Xbox V bucks. I don't even know what they are, but they're very expensive and my son owes me a lot of money. <laughs> well, when when you get a chicken coop, he'll be taking care of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, free labor. So Catherine, we've talked a bunch about uh about different, you know, screen options and ways to be safe online and some some good resources for families. But uh what what are some Behavioral strategies for, um, you know, helping set up our, our clients and our children up for success, both with accessing and kind of getting off a device. Oh, my goodness. It's so hard to get a kid off of a device. But I think, <laughs> That's why you know, I'm asking. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're lucky. We have, you know, as, as behavior analysts, you know, we at least have a lot of tools to try. Um, I think one of the easiest ways to sort of like make sure that you're following the guidelines of the American Academy of Pediatrics and making sure that sleep isn't affected and physical activity isn't affected is that you sort of make the screen time come after all of the other things happen that are supposed to happen during the day. So physical exercise Mm -hmm. and healthy meals. And, you know, if you want your child to be doing some sort of, you know, art or music or learning activities, to have the screen time come after those and not before. How about you? What are what have you done with the families that you've worked with? I think one of the one of the key things that I always I always tell families and that I do a lot for for my children is I feel like we're always giving a heads up, right? So it's hey guys, um, if you've earned this, you know we're going to watch one episode or in five minutes this is going to be all done. I feel like I'm you know I'm I'm saying to my kids all the time. Hey guys, after this episode, it's time for us to get ready for bed, you know, and it, sometimes I have to pause it to get their attention to actually so that they'll see and hear what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for, for, for some of our clients, what we've done is, is we've set up like a visual, like a visual system. So we'll get a timer that actually shows, you know, with those sand timers, you can see how much time is left or, um, you know, or if we have like a, a token system or, or if we have like some type of visual system when it's five, each one that represents a minute, we'll take off one, you know, one uh-huh. Velcro or whatever, of whatever, one symbol to say, great, that was five minutes. Now you have four minutes left and then we'll take one off. And that means three minutes left. And then we'll take one off and that means two minutes left. And it's always good to like, always 
I always try to give my kids a two-minute warning and try to have them, if, if they can, say it back to me, right? So, like, hey, guys, uh-huh. two minutes left. And then how much time is left? Two minutes. And then, okay, great. Or, or whatever approximation, even if they just hold up the, you know, their hands as best they can. Um, at least uh-huh. that way I know that they're kind of hearing at least a little bit. Doesn't, doesn't make it always better, but at least they kind of know what's coming. Right. So we started doing something um, a couple of days ago with my son. We were having a lot of trouble getting him off of Minecraft. And so we came up with a solution with him where rather than us telling him to get off Minecraft, we would set the timer downstairs. Now he plays Minecraft upstairs. So mm. when the timer goes off, he had to actually leave Minecraft, go downstairs, turn the timer off, and then come into where my husband and I were and tell us. Um, and if he was able to do that himself without us reminding him, then he got to go right back on Minecraft. And we actually did that um, in small increments. So he actually practiced getting off of Minecraft like five or six times in one day. And I think just that practice and that, that feeling of sort of like knowing what it's like and experiencing it's okay, I'm putting this on hold, I'm turning my attention away, I'm going to do something else, um, just practicing that made it easier and easier for him. Right, right. I think also knowing that he could earn it again at another point is, is helpful, right? You know, it's, all right, we're, you know, we're done now, but we can earn this again after lunch or we can earn this again at this point. You know, one thing that I always think about is for some of our, for some of our clients that are accessing devices as a reinforcer, that's a really powerful reinforcer. That's a, you know, that's a big mm-hmm. paycheck. And so to go from a big yeah. paycheck to like a something that's really not fun, like, all right, everybody, you're done watching your favorite movie. Now we're going to go brush our teeth. Oh, that sounds mm-hmm. miserable. And so sometimes <laughs> having like a – sometimes what we've done is have a um, have a little bit of a transition thing. So it's not – you don't go from like the highest, you know, paycheck to the most demanding work. It's you go to something that's a little bit easy, right? All right, screen time is done. Uh-huh. Let's read a book together. Let's, let's do something that's still fun but not as fun and then go to the – to the hard work, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're getting ready for bed, for example, you'd go from all right, the movie's all done. Now let's read a book together. Now let's brush our teeth and put on our pajamas and get ready for bed, as opposed to just jumping straight to the miserable stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I like that strategy. And I think another behavioral strategy that we use, sort of in general, um, just whenever we want to decrease something is that you can also just decrease the location that the thing is allowed in. So, for instance, um, with, uh, with my son's iPad, there was a time when there were only two places that he could use the iPad. Um, mm-hmm. One was in the living room, and the other was he could use it when he was taking a bath. And so just by virtue of not being able to kind of like carry it around from room to room and sort of like have it with you all of the time, it's just naturally limited because if there's only two rooms that it's available in, um, you know, you're, you're naturally going to be going into different rooms during the day. So um, just another way, just another option for limiting things. Um, Catherine, I know you're working on a lot of stuff for families, a lot of resources for them to be able to access, um, do you, uh, are, is that still available at learnbehavioral.com backslash parent resources? It is. We have content up on the web. We're trying to put out new content every week. We are choosing 
um, goals that we think are pretty universal for kids who are beginner, intermediate, advanced stages of learning, and um, we're just kind of putting together a one-pager, two-pager on tips and ideas and how to teach those things for parents. I think everybody needs it right now. I think we're all doing our best to to get through this, and any anything is helpful. So thank you for all that you're doing for families, um, and thanks for jumping on again this week. It was a fun conversation. Good to talk to you, Richie, as always. Always good to talk to you too, Catherine. Take care. I hope you found today's conversation with Catherine Johnson helpful. We're just trying to give you uh, a little bit of tips and tricks for um, using screen time during this time of change. Um, if you have show suggestions or if you're looking for any other feedback, please feel free to email us at allautismtalk at learnbehavioral.com. Um, and as always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Autism Therapies. Just one more time, the, the resource we mentioned uh, during the show is learnbehavioral.com backslash parent resources. Thank you all very much for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Be well. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. This podcast is brought to you by Learn Behavioral, the leading network of providers serving children with autism and other special needs. Visit us at learnbehavioral.com. Listen to previous episodes at allautismtalk.com on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.